This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, we're going to talk about your voice. We're going to talk about the, your skill at using your voice. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of other stuff, including a uh, brand new musical that is 50 years in the making but before we do that i have to talk to my friend nathan because i have not been looking at the weather report today and i understand that we're in for a whole week of good weather is that right yes it's going to be even better than just a couple weeks ago when we had a little surprise a sneak peek at what's to come so we're going to be seeing temperatures this weekend Maybe even touching 90 degrees in some areas so get oh, that air conditioner out and open up some windows Lots of great sunshine coming on the way. Or um, close the windows and start your air conditioner. <laughs> well, I don't have an air conditioner, so I got to open them up. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. So do I. You know, and this is Positive Talk Radio for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time. I hope not. But if it is, I'd like to welcome you to the show. And normally, and we, today is no exception, we've got a great guest, and we're going to talk about, she's a vocal coach, and we're going to talk to her. But before we go there, I have to make a a, so, a social comment, if I can. Um, and, that, and that would be, and I, I told Nathan I was going to ask him a question, and that he was, uh, and we'll see how close he gets. When in doubt, Nathan, to see. Exactly. Uh, Nathan, how many days have there been in 2023 so 2023. far? 2023. Well, it's been about five months, about 30. So I'm going to say about maybe 158 days in 2023. Not quite. 133 or so, 128 to 133. Oh, that's I right. Remember. I need to, I was thinking, yeah. So we need to go from uh, April, the end of April. We're just at the beginning of the March. Exactly. So, and I don't know if you follow the news at all. Do you follow the news at all? Uh, occasionally. I hear it at the top of every hour when I'm working here. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that they mentioned something about uh, in Texas that eight people were shot and killed over the weekend. Oh, man. Such a tragedy. It is, it's a horrible thing, but I wanted to to highlight something that, that I think that I don't think gets enough coverage. And that is there've been 123 days or so in this year. And you know how many mass shootings we've had? Now, let me qualify what a mass shooting is, is four people or more are wounded and or killed in the event. Do you know how many we've had so I'm far? I'm just going to take year? a guess at it and say eight. Eight? But I'm sure there's way more. Uh, 199 as of this morning. Now, 199 as of this morning means, statistically speaking, that by the end of today, we will cross 200, probably, someplace in the United States. And the whole reason I bring this up is because I was walking my brand new dog. Did you know I got a brand new dog? No, I didn't. Oh, I got I got this little rat terrier, <laughs> <laughs> like a little and puppy, she, like not even a year old. Oh no, she's two, and um, she I got her from a shelter, and it's going to be a challenge for us to form a new a house and bond, and I get to know her ways and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that's happened is I have to do a lot more walking. 
because you can you unless you are prepared <laughs> to have your dog leave little presents all over the house, you have to take them outside and they have to get used to your schedule. And so I was doing that. Now, keep in mind that I live in a 55 plus gated community. Mm -hmm. And so that means that virtually everybody that's here is old. And there are a lot of people that walk around because they want to get, they've got a little dog and they want to get exercise and stuff. But my neighbor, uh, he goes out into his front yard and he's, uh, he's a 70 something year old guy that can't move very well. And he's packing heat. He's carrying a sidearm with him. And it's, it's like a 38 or something. And it's like, nobody comes here. Why, why do you feel, are you so afraid that you are, um, packing and packing a gun in a holster on a sidearm in a 55 plus gated community that nobody goes into. And so I, and so I was thinking about that going, it has to be the fact that he's fearful. And when you have so many mass shootings, that everybody is running around in fear. So I really want to encourage everybody not to, first of all, not to be fearful, but secondly, to encourage our elected leaders to do something about this mess that we've gotten ourselves into because it's, it's totally out of hand. And uh, so, okay, enough, enough of that. But I just, it just struck me as being really weird. Don't you find that really weird that, that somebody would be packing in an old folks home? Basically. I would. Yeah, so it's it's it was it was bizarre. Anyway, so I I took my dog out, put my AK forty seven. No, I'm kidding. Um, and uh, but but I wish everybody would, um, you know, pay attention to this. And so we've got to we've got to get rid of it. We've got to end it somehow. I don't know how. I'm not I'm not that smart. But we've we've got to get rid of it. And I hope everybody agrees with me. If not, my email is Nathan at no. I'm kidding. <laughs> So, so in any event, I just, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I hope, I hope everybody doesn't mind, but our guest today is a, uh, she's in Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. She is a, uh, a, a vocal coach. She is, uh, we're getting um, a little head shake back there. So let's uh, <laughs> bring her on here and. She's a vocal coach, a vocal producer, a music producer, a songwriter, an artist, a public speaker, speaker, and a wonderful gal. Have I said it all? <laughs> that's all. That's all need to be said. No, I'm, I call I call this Nash Vegas because a lot of people that are here actually do Vegas a lot. So, but I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, in Music City. Oh, you're in Nashville. Oh, yeah. okay. So Nash I was Vegas, yes. I I I was incorrect. I led you astray. I did. Yes, indeed. Well, you are in in uh, Nashville, which is a huge hub for music and and, uh, right. and recording acts and everybody that's that's over there. Are you familiar? Well, I won't drop any names because there's so many people there. Yeah. Um, and so many so many singers, songwriters, and and artists and stuff. How did you end up in Nashville? Is that just where you are? Or? Well, I followed the music business and before Nashville, I was in Memphis and I was doing a lot of session work and, or, and background vocal work in Memphis, but then everybody in Memphis moved to Nashville <laughs> oh. <laughs> that I knew. And uh, so it, really there was a lot more work, a studio work in Nashville. So 
I, and also I got sick in Memphis and you don't want a sick singer. You, you get known a, a, as a sick singer and, and you stop getting work as a singer. So I got, when my son was born, I had a, a, an endotracheal tube that cost me an octave and a half of my range. And I, uh, it took two years to get my voice back, but it, that all became really important to my, you know, final trajectory here with becoming a voice coach. But uh, nevertheless, I had to reinvent myself. So, and my husband was a, was a session musician too. So we had friends already in Nashville and we just followed them over here <laughs> about 1980. Yeah. What's it like, you know, I've had folks on that were, that walk the red carpet and I've had other folks that do very unique things. I don't know that I've ever talked to a professional background singer. What's it like when you are working now? Is that something you have to audition for that the talent gets to pick or is it your vocal quality? Is it the range? What, what is it that gets you a gig as a background singer for, I don't know, say Dolly Parton or somebody like that, no, which I have done. Oh my uh, gosh, really? And what gets you that work is two things. One, ability, and two, politics, meaning <laughs> you have to network with people. They have to be able, the people that call background singers for sessions, you know, time in the studio is money, and they need to be able to crank it out like that and do it very well, do the job that's needed to be done, and, you know, be chamele chameleons uh, so that I call it being a stunt singer. Uh, you've got to be able to change your voice for this, that, and the ar other artist, or maybe sing top on this with this group or bottom on this group or middle on this group. But you've got to have the ability to do everything. You've got to be able to, you, well, back when I was doing 10 twos, sixes, and tens, which meant 10, you know, like three hours. Uh, oops. I think I might have met, uh, lost the screen here. Three hours. And at 10 o'clock, three hours at two o'clock, three hours at six o'clock and three hours at 10 o'clock with little tiny breaks to eat in between. When I was doing that much work, um, I had to get people to trust me, the, the group leaders. And then I became a group leader and I had to find people that I could trust to do the job and do it well. So, you know, like I say, it's two things. It's people business and it's also sheer ability. You mean to tell me that there are sessions that you might do four, three hour sessions in one day? Back then, some friends of mine, like Louis Nunley, who used to work with the, uh, the Anita Kerr singers, for anybody that really has studied background singing way back, they were a very famous background group. And they were, there was so much background room because, uh, work because all of the records had background groups on them or background singers on them. Not they, the artists didn't do their own backgrounds, uh, usually. And so they were, they would do tens, twos, sixes, tens, and they would have oxygen tanks back, uh, in, you know, like in the rec room or something like that of the studio, and it would, you know, and then go back into swarm. <laughs> You're like an athlete that just ran for a yeah. touchdown, goes oh, to the yeah. sideline and gets oxygen. It's truly nuts. Oh yeah. It was quite a time, uh, back then. Yeah. Now, um, I have two questions about Dolly Parton. Is, is her figure actually real? Number one. And number two, is she as nice a person as I've always heard her to be? And the answer to both questions is yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I'll, I'll give you a, a little extra thing to know. And that is, it's very scary to, to sing background vocals with her because her voice kind of goes, you know, and you have to follow that. So <laughs> you, it was one of my most nerve wracking sessions is to try to, uh, on her burlap and satin album, I got, to, I got to sing some backgrounds on it. Uh, but a friend of mine, my dearest friend here, uh, Jennifer O'Brien is on the road with her all the time or was on the road with her all the time when she was on the road a lot. And, uh, it's, uh, it's quite a feat to be able to sing with her because she's so good. And, and her voice, how does a, a background singer handle someone that doesn't necessarily hold true to the tune and they're, and they're doing extra stuff within it and are you supposed to follow along and make that work that's a great question kevin and the truth is that background vocals and background vocal arrangement arranging is an art not a science and it's like does it work that's what you really want to know because there are different things you, you can follow uh parallel as we call it everything the singer's doing and i had to do some of that with dolly or uh, but you also might want to block chord it. You know, like, you know, you're just kind of holding a chord and singing the words kind of like a choir with the melody kind of doing this in the middle, or you might be doing a counter melody, especially if you're doing one part uh, that you want, might want to cross the, the lead singer and go over or under them. So, um, I mean, I've been doing it for 50 years and I learn something new all the time. Uh, the main thing is it should, it should do its job, which is to be a blanket underneath the artist or, you know, around the artist to, to, to really support the artist's voice. And also it needs to have the characteristics that, that the producer wants it to have. And that might mean they want a tone that's not like the lead singer, or they want a tone that closely mirrors the lead singer. So, you know, there's so many questions involved. I mean, background singing is, an amazing little, like I call it stunt singing and it's stunt arranging too. You know, we tend to think maybe not all of us, but I have in the past tended to think that background singers are like not quite as good as the lead singer and the lead vocal. And that's why they're a background singer and not the, the lead singer themselves. But I'm learning today that that's not necessarily true. No, in fact, a lot of the background singers on the road, like well, Carrie Underwood's uh, uh, background singer, I, I worked with her a little bit because she had to sing above Carrie Underwood. Oh, dear. And so a lot of the background singers on the road are better vocally uh, than, than the artists they're working with, which means they can, you know, trace them. Uh, but what they sometimes can't do, and I, I've worked with background singers that want to find their own voice. I had to do that myself. When I, when I became an artist, I really had to ask myself questions. Who, who the heck am I? I know I've copied everybody else all these years, but who am I? And so that's a whole other kettle of fish to discover who you are as a lead singer. And sometimes great background singers are really not the prime communicators. Like they've got to have somebody else that they can trace uh, to, that, that, to do the communicating, you know. And so to be the lead singer, it, it's a step out role 
and you have to be more inventive and use great acting technique. But vocally, like I say, a lot of times, the, if not most times, if, or all of the time, a background singer can, can be a better vocalist than the, the artist. It's amazing to me when you listen to um, a song and you've got the singer and you've got the background singers and they are, they're doing the harmonies. Um, that, that must be really tough. And how long does it take you when you are in rehearsal before the performance? How long does it take you to get the harmonies? Well, you generally, if it, for bigger shows anyway, you get the recording of the songs, you know, and on your own, you learn it. Uh, I was working with, um, I was working with, uh, and, and, you might need help. A lot of, a lot of times a musician on the road is more valuable if they also can sing because it's one less hotel room, you know, for the, for the artist to pay for, uh, or just, it's just less people for the artist to deal with. So, uh, Bruce Hornsby had a back, had a fiddle player and, uh, he needed to sing above Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby is a very high tenor. <laughs> and so he had this, this singer had to sing a D and he didn't really sing harmonies. So what he did was he came in for a vocal lesson and we woodshedded the Hornsby songs uh, from the road recordings. And I taught him the techniques that he needed to sing those notes because he knew what they were, but he just couldn't sing them, you know? So. And so, and so he could play um, his instrument and then sing background at the right, same time. Right, right, right. Oh, that's 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 really cool. By the way, I got I got to ask you. You've you've worked with some really big names and some really, uh, but they're just people, aren't they? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they need to feel safe with with session people because if we're ooing and aahing and and uh, them and and asking for autographs and stuff like that, it's it's not conducive to them feeling like that we can co-create stuff like they might ask for a certain part and I might suggest something else because I'm not afraid to, because they want that input. Whereas if I'm kind of sucking up to them, you know, you know, in a way that doesn't feel comfortable to them, they're going to shut down. And so am I. So yes, they're just people. Uh, and also when they're on stage, and if you're the background singer, even though they, you know, they're just people, it's your job to make them look all the more like a star. So you're always watching them and deferring to them. And if they want you to come and like Dolly has a uh, spot where she likes for Jennifer and, uh, and, and Boo Boo, as we call her, the other background singer to come and join her right up front and stage, you know, and so they do and they, and they cut like a trio for a second, but then they back off. They, they're back in the back. So it's, they know the job. The job is to make the artist, the hero. That's gotta be really, that's gotta be really hard. It's sometimes. people work, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like gratitude. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I like, I like being on this tour. Thank you. You know, so I imagine that one of the things that you can't do and and you're scared to death of is for the producer to uh, break uh, in the middle of a song and say, um, "You in the back there, you're off key, or you're not you're not doing what we want you to do." And uh, that that can be a career threatening thing, can't it? 
I have dealt with that for 50 years and you have to have thick skin. And if somebody has a problem with something, you better fix it. You better know how to fix it and be happy to. And so <laughs> again, it's being a professional, you know, not being, not having any, an ego, just knowing and you know, also being secure, you know, in your ability. So, you know, you can do what's being asked. I've had, I've had producers, I, I knew that I was singing well, but I've, I've had producers say, eh, can we try the other girl on top and maybe, or maybe put you on this other part or whatever. And it wasn't because I wasn't singing well. It's because he wanted a certain sound that he thought maybe the other singer might give him if I was in the middle better, or maybe that he, they needed a stronger alto or something like that. Uh, so, but uh, you know, any, any issues in the studio, I, I'm very, very, in fact, I'm proud to be able to fix them. Well, that's, so that's kind of like um, being an actress. Yeah, and going and going on a uh, audition, and not getting the part, even though you're a beautiful young lady and you right. are a wonderful actor, but it's just not who they're looking for. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I tell you, the older I get, the less I want to be in that business. It's <laughs> really stressful. Well, it, it helps to be able to do a lot of things, you know, and to have that stunt singing kind of voice. But boy, if you got to sing lead, it also helps to know how to change languages. And that's what it is. When you say change languages, what do you mean? Well, the language of lead is I'm telling you something. The language of background is I'm helping her tell you something. Gotcha. Gotcha. But they're both very, very important. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, you've been around a long time. Um, what do you see AI and the future of, of these artificial voices and all that kind of stuff? That's what a do you great see question. That? Oh, yeah. Listen, I've already run through. I've already been through this. When they first came out with the Moog, if you know what even what that is, with the synthesizers. Not a clue. I, the, you know, back when... I was a young musician. There weren't any synthesizers. We all, if, if you played piano, you had to play the real piano, okay? And if you, uh, you had to know how to tune a guitar or match whatever piano that was being played and stuff like that. When uh, the synthesizer, which is a kind of a form of AI, became a thing, there were a lot of players, there were a lot of musicians that went, oh my gosh, okay, I'm just going to give up because it's going to take all my work. I mean, if they can create horns on a piano keyboard, why should I, you know, even play anymore? And people got depressed and people quit. But you know what? The smart ones learned how to do the synthesizer because there's <laughs> really, there because they know best how to program the dang thing, you know? And the other thing is there's really never going to be a substitute for the human thing, not in music, not in art and not in text. And here, I, that's what I firmly believe. This, the second uh, wave of this was when the tuner was introduced back when I was doing uh, my stuff in uh, my artist stuff and my, all the jingles that I, that I did in Memphis editing required blood you know, with a little razor blade that cut the tape and then you splice that out or put it together. So right. we wanted to be very accurate or we didn't get called. Right. Right. So, uh, but when tuning happened, 
Okay. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can just sing it and they can fix it, right? Yeah, they could, but it sounded like uh, EDM. Everything sounded like EDM. And, and so they've, in my humble opinion, overused the tuner on radio. You've got to be tuned. You've got to be not have be arrogant enough to not be tuned at all because the public's ear has gotten used to 440 being like right there. 440 is the frequency for A. They've gotten used to things being very, you know, um, precisely in tune. But if you use tuning like art, then you're going to tune what needs to be tuned and what might distract, but you're not going to tune the little human imperfections that make it sound and feel human and emotional. Okay. And I, I believe with all my heart that there are some artists and I'll name one, and that is Garth Brooks, who don't allow overtuning. And that makes them stand out on radio. Whereas other people just, just sound copy and pasted. And it's not as emotionally compelling. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And though, for those of you that are of a certain age or you're a little younger, I want to go back into the mists of time and way, way back. <laughs> way, way back. Way, way back to the 60s when uh, the Beatles did Meet the Beatles for their first album or their, or their second album, one, one of the two. And they would go, they went into the studio in the morning. They did three songs. They went and had lunch. They did three songs. They went and had dinner. And they did another three songs. Those <laughs> days, so they did the entire album in one day. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, but I will tell you, if you know what you're doing and you're prepared, you can average an hour a song and not be vocally fried, but you've got to know how to do it. So, and that's what not many gonna, people do. We're yeah. going to get into that because yeah. one of the questions I need to ask you is that if you are, I, I, I don't know, a background singer or, or a lead singer, and you are doing three or four sets of three hours a piece in a particular day, that's got to fry your voice. And you have figured out a way and you teach people how to not get their voice fried, whether they're speakers or whether they're artists or whether they're, uh, as an example, when I was in college, we did um, um, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, mm -hmm. Fiddler on the Roof, of course, is a musical. And uh, um, they had to have two tevias. Because it was such a heavy vocal um, um, show that they want they didn't want to overtax anybody's voice. Mm -hmm. um, now I was Lazar Wolf, but I only had one song, so I got I got to do uh, all the performances. So I got to work with two two guys. But but that that's it's it's interesting how that works for for folks. And and by the way, we're talking with Judy Rodman. If you go to judyrodman.com, you can find out all about her. She's got a new course that's out called uh, Speaking Voice Technique, which we may touch on a little bit, but we also want to talk a great deal about uh, your uh, um boy this hour goes so fast. <laughs> want to talk about your your musical that you have coming out and we're going to talk about that with judy when we return from this break and we're just going to be gone a couple of minutes so don't go anywhere uh this is really important stuff so we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to positive talk radio hello everybody if i could have your attention please i have an important announcement to make just for you as you may know ptr is heard and seen on radio kknw and now kixie 
several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place. And because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week based on a 13-week commitment. And as our partner, we are vested in your success and will do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. And we appear to have lost our guest right as that break ended so hopefully she just gets loaded back in here quickly oh my goodness gracious she she (laughs) i've been dumped i hate it when i get dumped on the air all at the same time it's so frustrating i can't all right well we don't need to worry about that anymore (laughs) (laughs) you're back you're back you're really back i think i clicked the wrong thing anyway (laughs) Listen, just to revisit one other thing about the AI, before we leave, leave the AI thing, what I believe with all my heart is the, the, the worms are out of the can and we need to be able to use it in an intelligent way, just like we do editing of any kind, video or audio or photos. But the thing is to use it for creating to, you know, like a thesaurus. I mean, how many of us have looked that up or looked up? Uh, looked looked a word up that we needed to rhyme or that we needed another word for or something like that. AI can be awesome for that, but uh, to 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 not fear AI and to also not depend on AI for the good stuff. That's got to be human. Okay, sorry. Get off. I'll get off oh, my soapbox now. No, no, I I, I agree <laughs> with you. And the the only thing that I'm I'm worried about 
is that um, I think that in most cases we are going to have some sort of regulations and people are going to follow it willingly and are going to want to take care of it. But there's going to be, my fear is there's going to be a mad scientist out there that <laughs> wants to rule the world and is going to try and, and use AI for nefarious purposes. And so oh, I hope yeah. that I yeah. hope that that doesn't happen. So yeah. everybody be on your best behavior. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> now let's talk about uh, this brand new um, um, project of exactly. yours. It's only 15 years in the making. Yeah, it's on the front burner again. <laughs> they, well, they're saying that musicals are not written, they are rewritten. And that is certainly true of this one. So we did this project uh like I say, 15 years ago, but neither my script, the script writer, who is my partner on this, nor me. I mean, we were just flying by the seat of our pants and it was, there was rave reviews given to it and their response was awesome. But we knew we didn't have what it would take to make it to Broadway because we didn't know what we were doing or we didn't think we knew what we were doing. So uh, my script writer went and I think he got married and had three babies and and I, you know, had my career going and my vocal training and my, uh, did my own album and just got my, some of my projects going. And then all of a sudden he, this, my script, the script writer, Darren J. Butler, he won a second in something that he wrote. It, he got connections and it just like in the backgrounds world that we were talking about, a lot of this is kind of politics. It's about, it's about who do you know and do they trust you to actually know what you're doing and have some good stuff? Well, he got some good creds for his work on this thing. So now we've got connections in New York and we've, we've got, we, we can see a window of this thing actually happening. So we've been busy. He's, he's rewritten the script. I love it. And I didn't know, I didn't want the first one rewritten because I thought it was so good, but this one's to die for. And I've written a bunch of new songs for it. And we've called some other ones. I think I've written 36 songs for this thing through the years, <laughs> oh, but it, we're down to 21 now for the, for the play. And so we've, you know, there's steps to go, but right now we're in the creation mode and then we're going to have a focus group to look at it. And, and some people in New York are going to be looking at it and giving us their uh, suggestions, but it's called runaway home. So Stay tuned on that one. Well, before it comes out, before you start having performances, you'll have to come back so that we. Oh can, yes. So that you can catch you us up it. on it. We'll do. Because that that is a really it's it's like birthing a child, isn't it? Oh yeah, you're so right. And you know it, it takes time, and and there's trepidation, and there's good things and bad things, and and but you, you, the outcome can be spectacular. Yeah, and it's all in the timing. These creations. You know, instead of being fearfully going, oh my gosh, we're never going to get this done. We've got to get this done. Got to get. Instead of that, I think Darren and I both just it sat on the back burner for a while, and we neither one ever gave up on it. But it just wasn't time. We both had other things to do, and uh, and so I think I, I would encourage everybody: your whatever's on your front burner, don't be afraid to put it on the back for a little bit, and then come back to it when the timing's right. Uh, it it's not a cop out to look at the windows of availability and and see that nothing's going on, but don't be afraid that it's worthless. At, it, does that make sense? Oh yeah, well yeah. It, it certainly does for me because I I started Positive Talk Radio in two thousand three. 
Wow. And I had to give it up for a number of years because yeah. I had to go, you know, raise a family and earn a living yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so uh, and then technology caught up that I could start the podcast. Now I've got over almost a thousand episodes between the two shows. Oh, oh man. Wow. So it's, it's, it's great fun. I enjoy I love talking to people like you. It, mm -hmm. it really is exciting. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. It takes time, but if you're passionate about whatever it is, don't give up your passion. Mm -mm. Please don't. Mm -mm. It's a calling. It is. It is. And what's the, what's the, uh, um, what's the musical about? Well, it's about runaways that have run away for incredibly good reasons, but they are in a lot of trouble and basically it's about everybody going through so much betrayal and not being able to trust anybody thinking that that would never happen with them, but going, I think it's like processing betrayal into learning to trust and then healing when your boundaries are right. And, uh, and at the, it, it, I, I'm certainly not going to give away the end, but it's just the, the script is just to die for. The storyline is full of twists and turns and life and death and, and you know, amazing characters. So I think, I think everybody will love it. I, and I truly hope so. And I hope it, I hope it comes out because we need, we need quality work like that, especially yeah. when we're talking about, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you recognize this or not, but <laughs> Almost every family that I know of ever, ever, ever is dysfunctional in some way. Oh, yeah. It's a dysfunctional world. And I think, you know, the only people that have not processed some kind of uh, uh, issue, they have personal issue, are just the ones that are too lazy to do it. Yes. <laughs> they just, they're just like pulling the shades on themselves and they're just not going to grow. But if you're going to grow, the, the, the good news is that whatever it is, this too shall pass. Whatever it is, until our dying breath, whatever it is will pass. And I, to bring it as religious as I think we should get, I think of God as the great compost maker. So all the, the crap in our lives, if we process it, it can be turned into fertilizer and become incredible uh, ways that we can be great in the world you know i think that's a wonderful uh, way of putting it although i've never i've never <laughs> really put it in a way of god scooping poop but that's a, you know no creating it <laughs> oh. <laughs> taking it take taking yes. it and and mixing it up <laughs> that's what it is you have to well, be an organic gardener to really appreciate this <laughs> yeah yes you do but i i agree with you and it is important for all of us to recognize that uh, we have a limited time here mm -hmm. and you came here for a reason and if you're not, I had a conversation with a kid today. He's 20. It's not fair. I tell you, Judy, it's not fair. <laughs> He's 27 years old and he is um, a, a health instructor and, and a fitness instructor. And he's like, I know that we're all here for a reason. And we've got to work at being here and doing our, our passion and stuff. He's 27. I didn't get it till I was 40 um, and stuff. So I was a late bloomer too. <laughs> Well, but that's kind of normal yeah. because, you know, you go through your period of, of, uh, raising your kids and doing all that. I walked away from my, I wanted to be an actor and I walked away from that because I wanted to get married more and have mm -hmm. kids. And mm -hmm. so then I had to get a career and all that kind of stuff. And it, it 
but at the end of the day, don't let your last day on this planet end with, boy, I wish I had. Right, right, right. Better to fail than to wish I had. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and, and, and failure is a redirect. Yes. In my mind, failure is a, not a, it depends on what you call failure is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even, even somebody like, uh, well, let's see, even, even some famous people would say to you, I have failed in my career because I didn't get this done or that done, but they, they lived their passion. They had a great time. Um, and I know you've, you've had some people that are songwriters and stuff. They've never quite hit it big, but they continue to do the art form. Yeah. And I have failed so many times. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've failed at everything I've tried to do, but I haven't because when I hit the brick wall of my label folding, you know, or uh, me getting sick and losing my voice or uh, the songs that I was writing, not being picked up like the other ones and not, you know, I've had wild success in all of those areas too, but I have uh, it, it, they they came to an end, but that was the reason I went on to the next thing. Yes, and I look back and I'm so grateful for all the brick walls because they were redirects, and I like where I am. Every step you take is is, is a is, is a step forward. Yeah, and some sometimes the experiences that you gain can lead you to the next thing, and it may not even be on your horizon. Uh, at that moment, but it just kind of magically appears if you just let it. Yeah. And on top of that, everything that you do goes into the next thing you do. Even if it seemed to hit a dead end, whatever that was that you were doing that you know how that you knew how to do. I mean, I'm using everything that I've ever done, you know, songwriting, singing, producing, vocal coaching, playing uh, instruments and people work. I mean, everything is like, like come full circle to be useful in everything that I'm doing now. So nothing's wasted. And that, that is such a big statement right there. Uh, nothing is, nothing is wasted yeah. because it's a continuing, um, continuing drama. Uh, and now I wanted to ask you, I just, a name just popped into my head. He's gone to Vegas several times. He's from here. I interviewed him when he was 16 years old. He was a, he was a, a singer, a songwriter in the in the vein of uh, Bob Dylan, and uh-huh. Dylan Warnock is his name. And I don't know if you've if you've run across him in in Nashville or what not. is his name again? Dylan Warnock. Dylan Warnock. Now, I mean, there's so many incredible artists and musicians oh, yeah. in this town that uh, it yeah, it's just incredible. And they're more coming every day. You know, everybody's moving here uh, to be in the middle of, first of all, this is definitely the big pond for songwriting. It's the big pond for recording. Uh, It's incredible for music industry networking. Uh, And, and, and it's an incredible place to train on in whatever craft that you, that you do, but it's a lousy place to build a fan base because you've got so much competition. So uh, you got to get out on the road. You got to get out. Right. People. Right. And, um, you know, and we could, we could talk about the music industry all day long, but, uh, mm-hmm. there's, 
you know, there are parts of it now that that I wish they'd go back to the way they used to be, or at least morph it into something new, because there are some incredible. And this is this is where I'm going to give my audience and you guys out there a um, public service announcement. Please, if you like an artist, buy their music. Yes, thank you. Please buy their music yeah. because let me tell you why. Because if you just stream it. They don't make a nickel from that, and mm -hmm. they they make maybe a cent or two. I had a guy, one of the people that I've interviewed, he had half a million uh, streams on Spotify, and he got a check for eighty bucks. Yeah, it's that's nuts. just not fair. It's really nuts. Yeah. So please, if you love an artist, buy their material. Yeah, um, and go see their shows. Yes. And buy their buy their uh, their uh, t-shirts and 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 whatever else is available because that's that's how anymore that's how they make money. Yeah. And if you go don't go on the road and I, you know think about what it's like. You know you've done this, um, but I I traveled a lot. I had a traveling job selling chicken at one point. I'm the only chicken salesman you've ever met. Mm -hmm. And and but traveling is a hard life. It is, but control. I'll tell you, I miss diesel fumes every once in a while, and that's Don't kind of be. a sick thing to say. <laughs> but so, did you guys go on? Did you guys go via bus a lot? Yeah, we well, did. I gotta ask you because you, if you are with a group of people and you're on a bus and you're going to be driving all night long, I've known several bus drivers that did this. They were the bus driver, and and they would, and people would. You really have to like those people. You really have to like them. Yes. In all their imperfections. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you really, you really do. And you have to trust them. And my band changed a couple of times, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it has to become a little family out there to, you know, support each other. And now does the headliner go on the bus too, or is this just for the backup? Well, party? It's according to how big the headliner is. For me, I was definitely on the bus in the stateroom, and uh, the band was, you know, in the bunks, and uh, and we all shared the kitchen and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a kitchen on the bus. Well, yeah, there's just like think of a a, a camper or an RV kind of thing. It's got a so it's pretty stove and yeah. Now, don't ever do what I did one time was which was. I, I tried to eat healthy, and uh, so I took some salmon and put it in the freezer so I could just cook the salmon on the bus, right? Yeah. I didn't get to cook the salmon in the bus, and upon leaving the bus, I forgot about it. So it uh -oh. sat in the sun for two weeks before we went back out. <laughs> 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 it was bad, bad, bad. Did you own up to the fact that it was <laughs> Yeah, there? I had to. <laughs> I, I was said, hated I for no a while. Idea. Yeah. I have no idea who brought this stuff on here. I want me. That salmon. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that is that is funny. So, uh, by the way, we, again, we're talking with Judy Rodman. She is all of the things that we've talked about. Plus, she's a vocal coach, and uh, she does uh, she does producing and uh, um, and songwriter and an artist, a public speaker, and all of those things. And she can help you if you are somebody that wants to be a budding speaker, um, and you and your voice. 
is not quite the way you would like to have it. Um, it would be really a good idea for you to, to talk to someone like Judy or Judy herself, because you can do things over the phone on yes. zoom, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And you can help somebody get the depth and the, uh, of their voice of, uh, uh like you could probably, you could probably even help me, even even though I've been actually, told. Actually, Kevin, you've got a great voice. Yeah, the oh. main, you know, I I do two things: help people maximize. Well, three things. <clears throat> Pardon. Help people maximize the sound of their voice, the resonance of their voice for just you know regular speaking. Uh, help people change their voice if they need to. Say, vo- I work with voiceover artists working with a Disney show now, with a couple of kids that are uh, in the stars of the a new Disney show. Uh, and I also work with vocal strain big time because that, you know, if, if you're about to lose your voice and you're about to lose your speaking career, uh, it's going to get cut kind of short. So I work with vocal strain all the time. Yeah. I, I he's, he's passed now, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Was a guy that he never was trained properly on how to sing and he actually blew his vocal cords out and that can happen can't oh it? you you just google uh vocal problems and you'll come up with a a slew of artists from adele on down who have had to cut tours short or undergo surgery for god's sakes and uh, as julie andrews can tell you that's not always a good outcome so best to treat the vocal strain with better technique for god's sakes you know you know, I wanted to ask you because, um, and I don't know if you've met him or, but, um, Elton John, when you look at his early work and he was, he was clearly in a, a high tenor or something like that. I mean, he was, his voice could get really, and then he had a period, he must've had some sort of vocal breakdown and then he came back his voice was much lower was that because of an accident or did you have any idea what happened to his voice i don't know i don't know in his case what happened but a lot of times uh that does happen to artists as they get older and that that their voice they can't hit the high notes they can't sing their songs in the original keys well i'm proof that you can that if you if you use great technique you can I sang background on a rock uh, song by uh, a D D uh, D rock and a, a new a new band called uh, Blackwood Mojo. Anyway, I sang background on this very mic the other day in my little studio here, and I hit a higher note than I've ever hit in my life in chest voice. That was an E above uh, C, where where that's usually really high. And I, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, it does work <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I mean, I, I can sing with more range, both low and high than I ever ha- have been able to in my life at, well, right good, now. Good, good for you because that, that also technique. Yeah. And it, it will make your career a lot longer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> Well, my wish for you is that the musical comes out. It hits Broadway. It's a massive success. It gets a Tony award and you get the Tony for best score. And, and uh, then you, but when you get the Tony for the best score, you'll have to come back. Oh yeah. (laughs) We'll do that. It's a promise. (laughs) (laughs) You You have to keep doing this for a while. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> I'll be standing in line with the 10 million other people that want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, you'll be first. And so, but thank you. Thank you for saying that I have a, I have a, I have a good radio oh, voice. Oh, yeah, you and, do. And, you, do. you know, generally speaking, and it's, it's natural, but I can do this all day and it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is that because I'm speaking properly? It is. And your posture, your head's kind of balanced over your tailbone there. You're, you're not leaning forward like some podcasters that I work with do and uh, voiceover artists. You're, you're back here like this. And you're also using your face, your eyes. You're moving your jaw like you're speaking to the partially deaf, which, you know, all audiences are partially deaf. You have to really not yell at them. You have to spell at them. <laughs> Thank you, audience. <laughs> exactly. But uh, um, yeah, that you you've got all those things. Because, and if you wanted to be the voice of God, I think you could be. But nobody wants to hear the the voice of God anymore. No, no, and the, the voice of God—it's fake. Like it's fake. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there is. I don't know. Well, maybe he does, but I'm I'm willing to bet that he's a spirit, so therefore he doesn't have vocal cords. And so, oh yeah. Uh, well, if you know, that voice is far beyond any of our comprehension, but we know when we're hearing it, I think. But yes, you know, I'm what I'm talking about is what is is has been known in voiceover and radio circles as that you know, which is the voice of God, you know, like the that overtone thing that sounds real authoritarian and that. You, know, oh, yes. you just need to do what they're saying and buy this product that they're talking about. Well, nobody believes that voice anymore. No, now it sounds fake. Yeah, right. That's what I'm talking about. But your your voice is very communicative. And Kevin, I got to give you another compliment. You know, what's cool is you as an interviewer, actually, you're listening to what I'm telling you and you're responding to that instead of just, you don't have just a list of questions that you throw at your guests, you're that's that's another thing that makes I think a great conversation. That's it's two sided, really is like you really are going, oh really, oh yeah, you know. So you do that too. Well, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate. You. I I have to tell you, um, I never because you know I've been doing this for a while now, and and mm-hmm. I will get a guest will come on and say, well, let me send you a bunch of questions, and then you can ask again. I said, no, you don't need to do that. <laughs> and, she, and they'll say, well, why not? And I said, well, I have your website. I have what you do. And then I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer that question. It's going to lead to another question. Mm-hmm. And then and then we're often running into a conversation. And then we have a great time. And I try and make every show like you and I are sitting in Starbucks having a cup of coffee right. at Starbucks because we're here. Right. And, uh, um and the audience is in the third seat and they're enjoying the conversation based upon what we're talking about. And I've been told that, um, that one of the other strange gifts that I have is that, um, people will say, well, I wanted to ask about that. And then I ask about that. And they're like, you asked a question I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm very, very cool. And it, it is very cool. By the way, Judy, Rodman has been our guest. And, you, you know, I just, every time I talk to you, I just enjoy the heck out of it. You just awesome. <laughs> Well, I enjoy talking to you too. I feel, feel like sometimes it, that it, I'm talking to another ancient soul, which has nothing to do with anyone who, you know, has kind of seen the movies and figured out which ones are the better ones. 
So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I've got uh, like 30 seconds, 20 seconds, anything you want to say before we go. Yeah. Your voice matters. Be careful how you use it, but use it, use it for the good. I love that. Your voice matters. Use it for good. Can I steal that? You can. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, you can steal this if you want, by the way, everybody be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you Wednesday at four. Mm -hmm.